Welcome to the WP Builds Podcast, bringing you the latest news from the WordPress community. Now, welcome your hosts, David Wormsley and Nathan Wrigley. Hello and welcome to episode 26 of the WP Builds Podcast. My name's Nathan Wrigley from pictureandword.co.uk, a small web development agency based in the north of England, and I'll be joined in a few moments by David Wormsley from davidwormsley.com, from davidwormsley.com. And today, it's very exciting actually, because for a long time we've been wanting to have Chantal Edouard Betsy on the call, on the podcast, and today we've managed to do it. Um, she's a very, very inspirational person. Um, she's from South Africa, and as the story develops, as you listen to the podcast, you'll see a sort of rags-to-riches type story. She managed to turn her business around from something which I think she would admit was probably failing and sucking her will to pursue it into something very, very successful indeed, and at the moment um, seems to be making her incredibly happy. So, yeah, a really nice episode coming up, but that's in a few moments, because before any of that, we're going to do a little bit of news. The first piece of news that I've got today, I've actually got it from two sources. The first one is the WordFence um, blog, and the second one is from WP, sorry, WordPress.org itself, and it's about the fact that very suddenly and slightly unexpectedly, WordPress updated itself to 4.7.5. There are six vulnerabilities, if you like, that were uh, were fixed. I've read through them all. None of them seem particularly breathtaking, which brings me to the WordFence article because they're sort of saying they wonder whether there's something slightly larger that has been patched that they haven't yet announced, some sort of zero-day exploit that was perhaps being exploited in the wild. Um, and because this has happened before, apparently, uh, version 4.7.2 was released and there were undisclosed vulnerabilities in that. So anyway, and if you're like me, you received a slew of emails, you know, one after another as your sites got updated over the last few days, because I've got all of those core updates on as automatic. If you haven't, that would be my suggestion, put them on get it to automatic. Um, So it's not something I needed to worry about, but if you haven't updated it, then do. Okay, the next two are security related. A new service from WordFence uh, called Gravity Scan has just come out. Um, It's at gravityscan.com and essentially it feels a little bit like the WordFence scanner, only this time you just visit the website, type in the URL and click return and it will scan your website. Now the beauty of this one, I suppose, is that it's um, platform agnostic in a way. They'll support WordPress, Joomla, Drupal, Magento, and at the moment, vBulletin. Um, and it will scan vulnerabilities for those platforms. Uh, they launched on, I think, Tuesday, and by Wednesday, they've got 26,000 scans. And honestly, if you launch a product and in 24 hours, 26,000 people use it, I think you're onto a bit of a winner. My, my sort of confusion here is what what are they doing what are wordfence doing is this like a and um, something that they've appended onto their core product are they just trying to attract new business um, is it going to show adverts at some point when the scans finish you know update to wordfence who knows but um the, the urls that i tested it, it came out as clean um, and i think they are 
they've got you know uh, a history of doing this WordPress uh, website scanning well, and I think they've probably got a database of vulnerabilities that can be relied upon and trusted. So anyway, go check it out. I, I you know, it's not something I'm going to use regularly, I don't think, but it's um, but it's there and it's new and it's interesting. Um, another hacking sort of security-related piece of news is that WordPress is now on HackerOne. HackerOne is kind of like, a, how to describe it? It's a place where you go to disclose vulnerabilities. Um, and in many cases, you can be rewarded by the, the person or organization for whom you have disclosed a vulnerability. Um, the principle behind this is really, if you are a WordPress white hat hacker, you go there disclose that you found something, um, you know, get the team, the security team in, in WordPress to get it updated and fixed and triaged. Um, and then possibly you might get a, a cash reward from £150 upwards. I think the highest paid out so far is $1,337. But the difference here, I suppose, is that it's gone public. Until now, it was uh, sort of hidden. It was a hidden service. Now it's all public. So not only can people like you and me disclose things to them should you find them but also uh, there's great greater oversight from the community everybody can see what's going on and whether or not um, you know things have been fixed in a timely manner and how many vulnerabilities they were and so on so yeah like all free open source software that I think that's probably a, a fantastic move Next one and the last one is not really a piece of news. It was just that Justin Busser from Beaver Builders last week mentioned something called CMB2, and he mentioned it very, very quickly in passing. Um, it's from Web Dev Studios, and it's a plugin which, a little bit like Toolset or ACF or something like that, it allows you to create custom metaboxes and custom fields and so on and so forth. There's a whole great slew of things that it can do. Uh, you can create forms and all of that kind of thing. It's a bit more developer, less GUI, less point and click more writing the code as far as I understand it. I confess I've never used it but because Justin mentioned it and he mentioned that a lot of uh, people who know what they're on about have been using it and it's very performant um, you know it cuts the cuts the amount of time down for page loads and so on. Uh, it maybe is worth checking out so the URL will be in the show notes underneath the podcast player. Uh, speaking of the podcast itself, please visit wpbuilds.com forward slash subscribe and fill in the form if you'd like to be included in our newsletter and that way we get to email you uh, each time a new episode comes out so you know what's going on. Uh, alternatively, you can click any of the buttons under the podcast player. There's a Facebook group facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash WP builds. Come join the conversation. I think we've got 300 members now and the conversation's getting really interesting. So please come and join us. But that's me. I'm done. Sorry about the noise in the background. There's a man outside, a great big man with a great big choppy machine and he's chopping at hedges um, and he's ever so large and fierce looking. And I wasn't about to go outside and say, please stop doing that because he's large and he's fierce looking. So I've just put up with the noise and I hope it hasn't been too loud in the background. Anyway, here we go. Episode 26 with Chantal Edouard Betsy. I hope you enjoy it. We're joined today um, with, to have a conversation which we've entitled Turning Your Web Design Business Around. And we've been joined um, from South Africa by Chantal Edouard Betsy. Have I said that right, Chantal? That's perfect, yeah. Yeah, and, and um, as always, David is with me. Hello, David. Hello. Um, it's really great to have Chantal. Yeah. I, yeah. We, great we've... to chat again, David. Yeah, of course, you've done this before, haven't you? Yeah, yes. we've had a little chat. 
Very nice. Well, I mean, the, the idea of this one really is it feels as if we're talking about a novel to me. It kind of feels like there's a story here, um, a story of, well, I don't want to say uh, failure because that's probably the wrong word, but maybe we could start with your story before your current business, Chantal, um, sure. and, and just sort of give us some background. Tell us about what was going wrong, what was going on in your life, and, and, and then we can sort of slowly introduce the, the good bits that come later. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, the, the pain days, I not so affectionately refer to them as. <laughs> the pre-Beaver <laughs> and pre-Wonderweb's pain days. <laughs> so, uh, I mean, I was where probably a lot of um, web designers and web developers are, you know, currently. Um, certainly, uh, I have a huge amount of people reach out to me through various Facebook communities expressing exactly that, you know, the same frustrations. Um, so, I'm sure it's a common story. It's, you know, I wasn't dealing with, first of all, the right clients. I wasn't taking on the right projects. Um, you know, they were dragging. I was having to drag content out of clients. I was frustrated. So I would end up undercharging for jobs that, you know, just seemed to be never ending. And something that you initially sort of uh, specced at being maybe a six-day job turned into a six-month job that by the end at each other and uh yeah i mean i was really in a place where i was first of all financially struggling because i just had these projects that just didn't want to end and um i was frustrated i, I literally was you know sort of considering taking corporate job offers that were coming my way um and giving up this you know working from home web development stuff <laughs> right so how to, to begin with did you um, how, how long have you been doing web development? How, how long did that period of struggle go on? So um, I've had quite a long journey with web development, not all of it for, uh, sort of formally as a, as a web designer or developer. Um, I started developing my first sites 20 years ago Okay. Um, in Notepad typing out html and css you know um i was just always a techie and interested in it i never i've never had a day of formal training um i just have used the internet to learn what what i know today um and i went through a series of different businesses and always did my own websites you know and then the typical story friends asked me you know can i do their websites can i do websites for their businesses so it was something that I always did throughout my career. And um, in my early sort of corporate days of my career, I actually was working in IT. And um, for a while, I actually did work as a web developer um, for a corporate. So fast forward, um, and I ended up doing some other different things on my journey. I started a retail business. I franchised that nationally around South Africa. Um, I did some property. Um, I flipped houses, you know, so I really went on an interesting journey. And uh, when I sold my retail business about, I think it's almost four years ago now, um, I was kind of at a wit's end of what to do. I wasn't sure what I wanted to do. I knew what I didn't want to do. Um, having come out of building a big business, I, you know, with staff and responsibilities, I knew I didn't want that. Um, and I didn't want to be office-based. Uh, I wanted to do something from home. And after taking a couple of months off, I sort of sat down and went, 
what the hell am I doing? I love doing web design and web development. That's just what I should do, you know? And I decided to do that. And that started about three and a half years ago and it was under a different brand name. And yeah, I chugged along doing that for about, you know, call it two and a half years. And in the beginning, it was really great. You know, I didn't have great expectations about what I was going to be earning. Um, I was in the fortunate position having sold a business that, you know, obviously there was some savings and some money. <laughs> so I didn't need to pay the bills as, uh, you know, like we do now. So, so I just chugged along. But it got to a stage where I had to admit that uh, it was a failing business model. You know, it just wasn't working. I wasn't covering my expenses. I was having to put money in all the time and it just, it was frustrating and I wasn't enjoying it anymore. So do something you, had to change. Do, could you, um, could you sort of put your finger on what was going wrong? Did you, was it your, I mean, yeah, was that like the I process mean, was wrong or you just weren't having enough clients going through the door or you I were undercharging? Was, or? No, I had, I had the clients coming through the door, but I think it was a combination of being the wrong clients, number one. And the, the processes, you know, just being too nice, allowing people to just stretch that scope. Uh, you know, I mean, some sites I ended up building three times over, over the course of, you know, six months when they've paid me to do one site, you know, because the person is indecisive and change their, changes their mind, you know. Mm. And I just was going back to them and saying, sure, no problem. Uh, you're going to pay for it again. You know? Like, I just wasn't, I was just too nice. <laughs> so combination of being too nice and, uh, yeah, not being strict with processes and clients. And, yeah, I was just finding myself in a pickle. I just had too much work. I was working myself to death and the money just wasn't flowing. So did you, was there a moment in time where you were at that fork in the road where, okay, this direction is cessation, I stop, nothing happens, I just quit the business, fold it all up, and then down here is, down in the other direction is a complete remodel. Um, yeah. You obviously went in one direction, you know, we know how that yes. history turned out, but what was the, yes. what was the moment that made you think, so, oh, uh, I'm going the, this way? The moment, as it were. Yeah, so that was, um, I mean, I, I've told the story before and to people who have maybe heard other podcasts or recordings, sorry for repeating the story, but uh, I was literally lying in bed sick early in the morning on social media, as I do, which is when I wake up, the first thing I do, very bad habit, is reach for my phone and see what's happening on Facebook. And um, I was on the uh, Beaver Builder group. And somebody happened to post something saying, hey, I've got some excess work. I'm looking for developers. Is there anyone out there, you know, who has capacity to take on work? And two of the people that commented on the post um, shared their, their URL. One was um, John Mather and one was Grant Ambrose, um, who are both in Australia at the time and both had businesses that were one day website businesses at the time. So I don't recall the URLs, but it was something like simple websites in a day um, and one day websites or what, whatever. And when I saw the URLs, I was like, hang on a second, this is interesting. Um, let me click on this and have a look what, at what this is about. And when I went and had a look at what their businesses were about, I was like, I just had that aha moment. You know, I was like, that is how I want to be building websites. That's genius, you know. It was like, as simple as that. It literally, there was a click was, in your mind, was it? You as, know, simple you, as, wow. as simple as that. And literally, I got up, came and searched for available domains, 
registeredonedaywebs.com and built the website by 6 p.m. that day. So, wow. so from in 12 hours, I went from being sick in bed to having this new website. I didn't tell anyone about it initially. I didn't bounce it off of anyone because I thought people are going to tell me I'm absolutely insane. Um, <laughs> and also, I was concerned about how the idea would land. Mm. Uh, but yeah, very rapidly, I launched the business. I took advice from a couple of people who I really respected. And, and uh, eight days later, I actually formally launched One Day Webs. And yeah, that, that was it. So in that eight days, you must have yeah. presumably made some fairly concrete decisions about how it was going to work and what you were going to require of your clients and things like that. Um, I did, exactly. Or did you just literally sort of waste eight days and kind of just make it up on the day you launched no, it? No, I did exactly. So I obviously went and did some market research and sort of found, I think, about at the time, I think there were about eight um, companies that I could find online doing the same sort of thing. Um, reached out to some of them, um, asked for advice from some of them, you know, got there, uh, got onto their mailing lists, et cetera, to see how they were doing things, much like a lot of web developers are doing at the moment on mine. <laughs> and, <laughs> and, you know, did some basic research. And um, prior to that point, I had already been uh, looking quite seriously at Beaver Builder because I'd come from that swear word visual composer background and further swear word theme forest themes background, um, which was <laughs> obviously very frustrating. So I was already looking at Beaver Builder. This model obviously doesn't exist. I mean, it's not possible to build a website in a day if you don't have the right arsenal of tools, you know? So I'd already been uh, doing a lot of that research beforehand in terms of how to speed up uh, these changes and make it easier to make changes. So that sort of side was done. Um, and I then spoke to uh, three people, the business connections that I have that I, I highly respect and sort of bounced the concept off them um, from every level. Because my main concern was that um, people wouldn't get the idea, that people would think, oh, a website in one day. Okay, well, that's going to be a sort of cheap and nasty, not a real solution, you know, or a real offering. Um, so I did a lot of sort of, um, you know, everything I did in that eight days was to kind of ensure that whoever landed on my site or heard about this concept got that they were getting actually a premium solution, not a, you know, um, yeah. yeah, watered down sort of persuadly one. <laughs> So one of the things I did was record a little sort of intro video of myself just explaining the process and, and going through like the the um, my customers' pain, you know, the pain that, that they experience, you know, websites that seem to go on forever and ever and never get finished and, um, you know, that they get told no a lot, you know, I want this moved here. No, you can't. The theme can't do that, you know, all, all the sort of frustrations from the customer's side. Mm -hmm. So, um, yeah, I did that. And by the time I launched, fortunately, I did enough at the time that the idea really landed well. Um, and, yeah, I mean, it took a while to get going. But when it did, when, when it was rolling, it really did, you know, it's been rolling pretty well since then. How did the the first, let's say, the first three or five clients 
um, find you? How did they arrive at your doorstep? So the first few um, were sort of a mix. Uh, I would say two thirds of them were, were people I already networked with within my sort of a local business community because I network quite extensively and I have for you know years and years because I've been in business for, for years. So I'm, I'm well known and well accepted within my local community. Um, so I'm all, almost guaranteed it doesn't matter what d sort of direction change I take that there are always people that are going to support me just because they know me and they know my business ethic and all that good stuff. So I had some people that I'd been chatting to about doing websites in the sort of the traditional way or the old school way. Um, and all I did was I went to them and said, listen, uh, this is my new process and these are the benefits and, you know, can we do it that way? And what I did initially with those clients is I actually did them at the cost that I initially quoted them, which was way less than what I now charge. Mm. And mm. I just wanted them to really be testimonials for the process. And I also wanted to prove that, you know, it could be done. Mm. Um, and yeah, they, they went really well. And those people are and continue to be part of my raving fan network, which is awesome. You know, the, the thing about the process is that the whole process happens while you still love each other. <laughs> so that, <laughs> do you know, that's great. <laughs> you'll know exactly what I mean, because these projects that go on for six weeks or several months or whatever, you kind of don't, don't really love each other that much by the end, typically. Yes. <laughs> you know, you're, you're both a little bit over each other by the end, um, <laughs> even if it goes really and they get exactly what they want it's just it's long you know well for me it was always just long and, and a bit frustrating I like to move at a, at a quicker pace did you did you come to that what what I must say is a brilliant re realization that you know you don't fall out of love with each other in a day did you come to that yeah. realization before you started or after you I started you know, I, I, I suspected that would be the case because I always love my clients when I start working with them. I mean, don't we all? I mean, we don't want to work with people we don't enjoy, you know? So at the beginning of the project, you're always inspired, enthusiastic, rearing to go, whatever, you know? It's over the course of those sort of developments that don't want to end that you kind of go off the bubble and decide, you know, oh, hmm. like your phone rings and it's like, oh, it's that person phoning again, like really... What does she want now? She's going to ask to change it to pink now. And yesterday it was orange, and the day before it was turquoise. Like, you know, that's the story. Yeah, we've all been there. It's such an interesting story. I, I just think it's phenomenal. Uh, and also, really nice that you were able to. Well, I, I presume that the there was that worry there must have been that worry in your head even though you've said you've got this lovely local network that that there was going to be enough people who needed a, a website now um you know within the next week or next two weeks because the, the model requires uh, at the beginning at least anyway it requires quick churn doesn't it you need somebody in the door and then somebody out the door and somebody in the door exactly and exactly and so exactly. you were able to draw on your local network do, do you still now we should probably yeah. say that a few days ago you put a, a wonderful facebook post together in the beaver builders group where you announced that you'd managed to as of now uh, got yeah. over a hundred clients and i'm well but by the way well done that's phenomenal <laughs> Do those clients all 
Um, do, do they come from that same pool? Or are you now national? Are you now international? Where do, where do they all come from, those 100? So as time is going, uh, the, the international portion of my business is growing more and more and becoming a larger percentage of my business. And the local portion is becoming less and less, um, which, you know, I'm, I'm actually honestly quite thrilled about because being in South Africa, um, our currency is um, <laughs> not the best mm. um, and often you know want to be quoted in South African rands or whatever the case is for work and that was a big decision in the beginning of how do I actually price this offering because I wanted to continue to serve this local market that had been my only market up until that stage but I also knew that there was an international market out there that I could potentially reach and work with um, for, for obviously a completely different kind of scale of pay. Um, so, I mean, if I told you what I was initially planning to charge for a one-day web, you would probably laugh at me. <laughs> but uh, initially, on, on day one, was thinking $300 would be a good price for, for a one-day website. And fortunately, by day eight, I had um, seen some sense and uh, had a, a business coaching session or two and um, bounced the idea off a few people. And I then decided to go at $800, which for in, by international standards is still too cheap. Um, but I wanted to try and position myself somewhere between local and international. Um, and what amazed me was that the local people, the right local clients who really want to work with me, haven't had a problem with my pricing. Hmm. So it's actually part become part of my sort of, um, it's sort of step one of the elimination game, I guess. Right. You're sort of filtering yeah. out people. Um, Correct. Yeah. Correct. Yeah, I guess in the, you could fall, I mean, not you personally, but this business model does have the potential to be inundated with people who um, aren't very serious about what they want to do. Um, you exactly. Know, and, and at the lower the price point, the more of those you're going to get through your door exactly. and waste time filtering and working out who you actually want to work with. And that's really the secret is choosing your clients really carefully, because even in this model, if you choose the wrong client, it's not a, it's not a lovely process. You know, um, you really need to be speaking to the right client and um, only taking on work from the right client. So, so I think I still struggle with. No, sorry to interrupt again. Um, I was no. just going to say, have you have you turned down? quite a few legitimate offers because it just didn't feel right then. I have. I have actually. And um, I'm trying to be more and more strict about that because it's, it's a, it's a, it's a pain point for me because I'm, I want to help everyone. <laughs> you know, <laughs> I'm one of those crazy people that just wants to help everybody, everybody. <laughs> um, I say yes to projects that I know are not my ideal project or my ideal client. And they turn into those pain clients. So, yeah, it is. It's tough when you, you know, and especially because they, they're normally well-paying projects, they're typically bigger projects, et cetera, et cetera. It's tough, tough to say, no, thank you, I don't want your money. Yes. Um, can I refer you to this person? Please go away. Because they've heard great things or they've perhaps worked with you before. They know someone that's worked with you before and they want to work with you and they want that experience. But they and their, pro their project doesn't match the process, you know. 
Do you only have this one day process now or are you still fielding, you know, ordinary things that take a week, a month, whatever? Um, uh, Unfortunately, I I am still fielding some historical stuff um, and I'm trying to be really, really strict about not doing that at all. You know, it's a decision I've sort of made within the last month um, because they just, as I say, they just become pain projects for me and they take up too much of my time. And, mm. they, you know, they take up time I could be doing one day webs, which which feeds me, you know, which makes me happy mm. and makes my clients happy. And that's what I just want to be focusing on. Mm. So um, I'm getting really strict with myself and just not entertaining those at all anymore. Mm. David, have you got any questions? Yeah. Yeah, I just wanted to ask, I know this is going to be a question in a lot of people's mind about how you get the new international clients. And I wonder if yeah. you manage to get them through your website alone just by, by falling on that website, or do they usually come through referrals of some kind? So uh, like a bit of a mix, you know, pretty pretty yeah. even mix. Some through my websites directly, um, a lot through Facebook groups that I contribute on. Um, and then for referrals as well. I mean, I'm fortunate that um, I don't have one client that's been through the, the one-day web process that isn't a raving fan at the end. So okay. they go out and they just become my, you know, my foghorn, um, which is fantastic. Like, that's exactly what you want in your business model. You know, you want people that can't tell enough people about how great you are and want to practically hit people if they don't choose to go with you, you know, I mean, that's what you want if, you know, that's that's the ideal. So yes. it's a combination of, of those three. Um, I typically get more than one project from a client um, because when they do, mm. let's say, a landing page with me or a one-day website with me and they realize how easy it is and how, um, you know, great the process is and when they actually go and, say, edit their page or whatever the case is and they realize, oh, my goodness, the power of, of what they've, what's been created for them, then it's a no-brainer for them to just do more. You know, so suddenly now they had this other idea. Oh, now suddenly I need a landing page for this, and I've been toying with this business idea. I think I'm going to do a, a one-day web for that one, and they, you know, they they become repeat clients. Um, yes. I also do a lot of work for designers, so like website designers that don't focus on the development side. And then they they contract me or subcontract me, um, or in some cases the client contacts me directly after they refer them, and I do the build. Uh-huh. I get I get a lot of sort of work as well. There's one other question on that because I, I noticed on your website you can book in. I, I'm assuming that's through um, WooCommerce through their booking system it on is. that. It so is, is that. Yeah, so is is that how you insist all clients come to you? They have to book the date through that system? Yes, absolutely. Ah, cool. So does that end up with a problem? How do you, I guess you refund people who you choose not to work with later. Is that how that works? Yeah, t- typically when they actually book, they've already been through the preparation guide and made contact of some sort. Uh-huh. Um, it's very, very, very... Uh, I think I've had one or two occasions where bookings through from somebody that I've had no communication with. And typically those are people that have come to me through referrals of other clients. Um, and yeah, yeah. But typically um, people would download the prep guide. Uh, they would invariably have some sort of question or would 
uh, referral to somebody that, for example, does graphic design or does copywriting or, you know, something in their preparation process. Um, and they would typically reach out to me via email or whatever the case is. So normally they, they sort of, you know, the preparation time doesn't change for those clients. They're just not in my hair doing it. Mm -hmm. It still takes them, you know, typically on average about four months is what I've sort of determined from my timing on my side. Um, they go away from when they first see me and love the process and the idea. And it takes them about four months to get themselves prepared before they book me for that build. Huh. Four months. Wow. Okay. Um, yeah. Actually, because I mean, think about it, you know, people come to me with everything prepared. And that's a lot of the stuff that in your typical web design and, and development businesses, you would assist them with or even do for them. And it's the stuff that I, I hate, I'm interested in. <laughs> so yeah. I will rather refer you to a fantastic designer and or copywriter. And you come back to me when you're ready for me to build and I'll build it for you in a day. That's uh, really yeah, the model. Yeah, I get it. Okay. Yeah, that's nice. Um, yeah. Could I ask? So this has been going for uh, how many? How many months? How many years? It is going to be a year in exactly one month's time. Okay. So it's eleven months. So eleven months. Yeah. Um, in yeah. that eleven-month period, um, have you had any moments where you you actually? I mean, obviously, it's wonderful now. It's, it just seems to yeah. be blossoming. Have you had any points where you've thought either? Oh Lord, I can't do this anymore. Or this this is broken. I need to fix this part. Oh, this this is a mess over here. Let's mend that. Oh hell yes. Um, <laughs> the, the first four months, you know, the first four months were tough because, like I said, it takes people four months to get prepared. So I had this brand and I had everything was ready to rock and roll, and there were just no bookings coming, you know. And my my work from my previous business was starting to sort of, um, you know, finish up and dry up. And I didn't want to take on more projects like that. I just wanted to get projects through, you know, this model. And it just wasn't happening. Um, and I think at my worst stage, about four months into it, um, I actually had to borrow, borrow some money from my brother to pay my rent. You know, that's, mm. that's the reality. And I sort of sat there and went, oh, my goodness, I've invested all this energy and time into this new process and clearly people just don't want one day webs like what am i actually going to do um and i did something which my business coach had been encouraging me to do for quite a, a while um which was to personal brand my my business and my offering so i basically stuck my face all over my website which if you go to my website now it's just me everywhere. <laughs> and um, softened it all and sort of um, changed the wording and, and basically changed it all to who my ideal client was. You know, did the, did the stuff that we tell our clients to do, but we don't practice ourselves, you know? <laughs> so I did all that stuff and amazingly, literally within sort of eight to 10 days of making that change, the bookings just started flowing. Wow. Yes. And yeah, it was that, it was that, it was black and white, you know, there was no two ways about it. Um, that was a major, major, major turning point. Um, and from then on, I've just built, built on that, understanding that that's what speaks to my my ideal client, you know. I'm going to um, put pictures of you <laughs> on my website. <laughs> you know what? <laughs> it's it, catastrophic. At the, the day, at the end of the day, people want to do business 
business with people, not yeah. with brands. Yeah. Or, you know, nameless faces things. And that's one of the reasons why I share my business model so openly and why I have absolutely no problem with people, you know, uh, copying the model because my clients choose to work with me for a whole combination of reasons, one of which is the, the particular model and tools I use. There's a whole lot more, you know, that goes into why a client chooses to work with you. Okay, so that sort of segues very beautifully into my next question, I think, which is, um, can you, it, would you reveal parts of your model? If, if okay, I'm, I'm a customer, I've come to your website, I've decided that you're right for me, I've done all of my preparation work, my copy's ready, my assets are ready, everything's good to go, and then I approach you and say, okay, I've got it all, it's all in a mess on my computer, but I've got it all what do we do? How, how do we do it? How do we get this website built? What, what do I do with, with your business? Right. So the model typically actually starts before that. Oh, so sorry. the model first starts when, yeah, yeah. So just um, backtrack a little bit. The model starts when they first sort of find my website, let's say, or hear about the concept and they are interested and they put their e email address in to receive the preparation guide. That's really where the process starts. Um, they then get funneled into my marketing automation system, which sends them a series of emails that takes them through um, all the pain points and things they may be struggling with and links them to the appropriate in information or people to help them. So, um, yeah, that's, I mean, I won't go into too much detail. We all know how marketing automation goes, but yep. that's that's mm -hmm. the first sort of step is the, the email and the, the sales funnel emails, as it were. Um, and I still need to do a whole lot of work on that. It's a pretty simple sales funnel, but, you know, that's it. Um, once they then decide, okay, they've got their content ready and they book, they book um, and they pay on my website. I then create a shared Dropbox folder typically, mm -hmm. unless they tell me that they are completely incapable of using Dropbox, but most of my clients are capable. I create a shared Dropbox folder I send them off an email saying, great, so excited um, to do your project. Here's your Dropbox folder. Please drop all your content in. Um, you know, there's some instructions in my preparation guide of how to, you know, assist me in formatting that content so that I can find the stuff I need. Um, and most clients do that absolutely perfectly. And then I ask them to um, have their content in there minimum two days, if not more, before the build so that I can really go and have a look, you know, a few days before and see if there's any glaring omissions or questions or anything like that. Um, and the rest is really taken care of in the preparation guide itself. They have to provide me with all the relevant copy and logins and, you know, all, all of that good stuff. And then what I typically do is before the actual build day, um, I get either myself or my assistant actually goes in and creates the development environment for them, you know, installs the theme, plugins, all of that good stuff, um, and gets the basic media uploaded, their logo, et cetera, so that on build day, uh, I'm ready to build immediately. Um, and then that's it. The day arrives. <laughs> they have also in the preparation guide given me design inspiration, you know, sites that they like, um, themes that they like the look of or whatever they've found that they, you know, would like their site to sort of work like or resemble or whatever. Mm. So I had some design inspiration. Mm. 
or some clients have already obviously had a graphic designer do a web design for them and I'm just recreating that design. You know, so there's various options there depending on the client. Um, and on build day I build, um, typically it takes me the most time to obviously do the home page. That's probably half of the day um, because I, I really try and get that absolutely nailed down. And then I touch base with the client midday, uh, sort of show them that, get feedback, we pick that. And once that's done, then it's a, you know, a matter of just banging out the rest of the pages, which obviously goes quite quickly once you have that kind of layout and look nailed down from the home page. And that's it. By the end of the day, it's done. <laughs> I mean, that that is such a cool, a super cool way of doing it. I, I love everything about it. Um, you know, from the sort of like the pricing, which I think is really fair for them. And obviously, yeah. you know, if you can th push enough of these through your system, it's incredibly good for you. Um, exactly. But how, how much, so you, you obviously build it in a day. If you were to aggregate how much time you actually spend on each one, including, you know, emails, talking to them on yeah. the phone beforehand, it's, it's not going to be yeah. a day. What is it? Do, do you think you would be two days to do a website? No, it's, it's about 12 hours in total. Wow. Yeah, it's about 12 hours. Wow. in total and the thing is the more the more streamlined your process is the better you know yes. because you answer those you already have those questions answered you know what the questions are people ask all the time you have that kind of information ready to send to them you know so it just gets better and better actually and faster and faster because as time goes and you have different sorts of clients with different sorts of queries it just helps build your sort of um you know your faqs list or yeah. whatever yeah um and it, you know, you're not spending time really answering these emails like one on one, you know, because you have a, a sort of a directory of, of answers already there, ready to go. One of the things that I struggle with is sort of quoting for things and, and then thinking about it afterwards. How am I going to do this? And then working right. out the solution, you know, so a, a, a problematic, yeah. you know, a, a problem. Um, yes. And then. And then, but but I've already sort of said I'm going to do this, and so I spend days wrangling and working it out, and eventually, usually stumbling across the answer. Um, with you, there presumably there are things that you say, yes, I'll do that. That's within the scope of a day, yes. and there must be an awful lot that you say, actually, no, yes. that's not possible. Can you illustrate where those boundaries are? Yeah, t absolutely. So my one-day website is for up to five pages, and that's it. You know, so if they want e-commerce, if they want membership facilities, if they want a learning management system, um, if they want, you know, what, whatever, any of those sort of extras are all extra added onto the one day web. So I've actually created add on offerings. Um, so example, I have a, an add on e-commerce offering, you know, add on up to 10 products onto your one day web and it's an extra $500, for example. Mm -hmm. Um, and that sort of thing, you know, so I deal with that by, by using creative add-ons. And, you know, my, client, my, my ideal client is very, very specific. Um, so they typically want the same sort of things. So it's very easy for me to create uh, sort of packaged products, in inverted commas, that are aimed at target clients, you know, because I know who my target clients are and what they typically need. 
So yeah, that's that's how I deal with it. I have some add-ons, and if they come back to me and they need anything over and above your sort of standard five-page brochure website, then I say, here's the product. You need to add that when you check out. Um, you know, these are the options, whatever, whatever. Wow, it's great. I mean, presumably though, you are trying to stop them becoming kind of like an an ongoing correct. customer in a way, correct. aren't you? Correct, correct. Yeah, I mean. Um, I've just recently done a website for a client that ended up being, uh, you know, really a much bigger project than I had initially thought. And it's um, because I wasn't in the beginning dealing directly with a client. It was one of those ones that came through one of my my designer connections. And as the project started, all these extra requirements started coming out, you know, (laughs) you know how that goes, like suddenly we need this and then we need that and yeah and that can become awkward when you've quoted a a certain price and yeah suddenly now there's all sorts of extra requirements um fortunate that we were able to just sort of negotiate that but it's been the sort of the biggest uh one day web development that i've taken on and it's ended up being you know a learning management system a membership site an online store i mean pretty much everything you can do um integrating with you know, a, an affiliate system um, and all sorts. I mean, it's like got every bell and whistle on this website. Would you in the future uh, envisage yourself turning that stuff down, um, you know, you and know, just if, concentrating very much on the one-day build and then perhaps saying, okay, you want this other stuff. That's great. It's WordPress. Yeah. It can be done, yeah. but here's the guy yeah. to do it. It's not me. Yeah, tip, yes, I would definitely, definitely be turning that stuff away down, you know, in future. I would happily take on ones that have very clearly defined needs, like to add a membership facility, no problem, to add basic e-commerce, no problem. But if, if it becomes something that's got very specific um, needs that requires like hours of development, then yeah, I, I'd really rather refer that away. Mm-hmm. Um, because it's just not the way I enjoy working, you know, and it's not the sort of project I enjoy working on. Yeah, it, it's so yeah. nice that you've got enough success that you can yeah. you can make those decisions which affect you, you and your time and the time that you've got with your family and and the exactly. time the time away from the business as well. Absolutely. Mm, wonderful, David. Yeah, I wanted to ask a little bit because we spoke before and you'd really only just started looking at the hosting and care side of things. Has that yeah. progressed a bit? Yeah, so, you know, it's so not my focus and I'm very naughty. It's a failing on my side because it's really something I should be pushing. Um, I had wanted to actually launch a product from January this year, in fact, and here we are in May, and I still haven't formally launched this product that I have in mind. Um, But yes, it's something I definitely do want to grow. Um, You know, I want to grow my community more. Um, So the offering I have in mind is more community focused. It's sort of membership and subscription driven. And it's very much around uh, sort of geared more towards your DIY people and um, maintaining and updating and, you know, helping them build build websites, basically. Yeah. Which is largely where my heart lies. I think anybody that sees me on these Facebook communities knows that, um, you know, I do spend a lot of time helping out people with really easy questions because I, I enjoy helping. 
So that's that's a sort of a passion project more than anything else. But hopefully we can turn it into something that brings in a bit of an income. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I've been really lazy and naughty and too busy to, you know, really focus a lot of attention on that side of my business. But it's definitely something that there's huge scope to grow more for sure. Great. Now, I was wondering actually about um, how you dealt with the education that the client needs to be able to look up to their site. How does that fit into the one day? So um, I actually have like a little custom dashboard that I've built that goes into all of my builds where I actually have my little training and tutorial video as loaded for my clients. And so when they log into their dashboard, the first thing they see is a repository of videos um, that takes them through the basics of how do I go and edit the content of my page or how do I create a new page with a template or how do I create a pop-up, um, how do I create a subscribe form, you know, so like the basic, all the basics really. Um, and the feedback I get from clients is absolutely phenomenal experience once they log in and they need to make changes or additions to their website. Um, I received the most amazing um, WhatsApp audio note from a client just a couple of days ago. And I thought I actually need to take some of those sound clips out and put them on my website because she just took the time to send me a little WhatsApp audio to say, oh, my gosh, I've just decided to change how this works on my website. And I went in and I just have to say you've made it so easy for me to do everything. And I just love how easy easy it is and I didn't have to like get hold of you to do any of it and you know just really really grateful at the at the the website and how it worked you know um that's what really excites me so I don't have a lot of maintenance stuff I don't typically have clients that come back to me and say oh um you know I now I need to change this copy or whatever they just jump in and do it wow that's great yeah it, it, you're you're thinking, um, David. Of you, you have a, an idea which is similar, don't you? You're, you're launching something in the near future, which you're currently putting yes. YouTube videos out um, about. Yes, yes, and the same same model. So, me Chantal, uh, I, I'm often saying me too every time Chantal makes a comment on Facebook because <laughs> it really sums up my thoughts on everything. But uh, yeah, there's a slight difference with mine because it's it's much more focused on uh, getting people through to go on a care plan. So that's what yes. intrigues me. But but you've got the, it sounds like you've got the type of client who can just get on with the stuff, and that yeah. that's I think what defines your your type of client mm. absolutely yeah well um, david uh, we've we're on about 45 minutes of this bit do you do you have any more questions or should we um should we knock it on the head at this point <laughs> that went so quick no. <laughs> no. hey we didn't even mention that chantelle's pregnant at the moment when is it chantelle I am. I um, am uh, due in about seven weeks' time, rather scarily. Um, so, yeah, I'm quite heavily pregnant. I have a very big belly at the moment. Well, congratulations. <laughs> well, we, we got to see you yeah. <laughs> briefly, didn't we, on video, and you were glowing. You know, you really look uh, Have know, you, you booked a, a lot of time off, Chantella? Your business will cope with <laughs> so, that. You've just got a big block and decided yeah. I'm not going to do anything there. Yeah, I mean, formally, I've, I've closed bookings from the 1st of June through to um, about October. 
Right. Um, but I will be servicing a handful of clients over that period, obviously just depending on how things go with me and, and the baby when it arrives. Um, but yeah, I, I um, am trying to sort of close off the bookings for as long as possible. We'll mm. see how that goes. Mm. Um, and I'd like to take that time if I do find the time to sort of work on my own website. I mean, I've I've had a design that I want to do for ages and additions that I want to do on my website and, you know, this pr new product offering that I want to take live, etc. So I hope to use that time quite productively um, so that when I'm back in the swing of things, I've got, you know, a fresh new look and some new product offerings. Oh, well, I really yeah, hope that, that time works out for you. That's, you know, yeah. best of best of luck with all of that. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks, guys. <laughs> it puts us to shame anyway, your website as it is. So, uh, yeah, yeah you we take keep, your time. <laughs> we keep saying that the WP Builds website is just a, a load of rubbish and we really ought to spend some time on it. So, David, I think what we've learned from this is if we want to be... love your, your little... Um, sort of uh, quotes under your photos oh. on your team member profiles they're brilliant <laughs> i love them i yeah. had a chuckle when i was we uh, we try to be as self-deprecating as possible but Absolutely. yeah david i think i think we need to put pictures of you and i in order to be more successful you know <laughs> uh although although i don't think that's gonna work <laughs> in our case <laughs> i think it's the whole package with chantelle <laughs> yeah <laughs> Oh, well, yeah, thanks very, very much for coming on. It's, it's been really, really great. Um, yeah, thanks, I've enjoyed guys. your story and I'm I'm just so, uh, well, I, I guess, you know, just in admiration of everything that you've done, you've turned a, a sort of a failing business into a real success. And it, it, it even, you know, four months of it was hard work. So really, you've been at this for sort of seven months successfully and yeah. it's just blossoming and well done. And um, yeah. Congratulations. So anyway, I'm going to say from me, um, goodbye from Nathan Wrigley at pictureandword.co.uk and David. Goodbye from David Wormsey, who's in Thailand at the moment, where it's lovely and sunny. Yeah. And Chantal, goodbye from you as well. Yeah. Goodbye from me, Chantal at One Day Webs from a equally sunny Durban in South Africa. Yeah. We had this conversation before we started. It's ridiculously hot in Durban. <laughs> it's ridiculously hot in Thailand and in Scarborough. <clears throat> it's not. <laughs> anyway, have a nice day, guys, and we'll it's... speak to you again next week. And I'm going to fade in the cheesy music. Bye. Bye.